Hello, peoples, and welcome to another episode of Esoterica Cinema, the podcast where we take films from the cinematic multiverse and discuss the hell out of them. I am your host for the day, Ryan Siebold, coming at you with another I Got Five on It five-minute mini-review. Today's film is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent from 2022. Google has this described as Unfulfilled and facing financial ruin, actor Nick Cage accepts a $1 million offer to attend a wealthy fan's birthday party. Things take a wildly unexpected turn when a CIA operative recruits Cage for an unusual mission. Taking on the role of a lifetime, he soon finds himself channeling his most iconic and beloved characters to save himself and his loved ones. The film is directed by Tom Gormican in his sophomore effort after previously directing a film called That Awkward Moment, starring Zac Efron and Michael B. Jordan. But he also spearheaded the TV show Ghosted with Craig Robinson and Adam Scott. The film, of course, stars and is loosely based on Nick fucking and also stars Pedro Pascal, Sharon Horgan and Lily Moshin. The film was made on a budget of $30 million and grossed about $30 million, so not as hot as we'd want for a movie like this, but it also came out around movies like The Northman and Everything Everywhere All at Once, so it might have been overshadowed by films like that a little bit. I remember hearing about this movie in concept during pre-production, and uh, I could not wait for this film to come out, uh, and then it did come out, and I didn't see it until now, and I'm so glad I did. I love this movie. Cage is fantastic playing the legend of Cage, a satirization and mythos of his life. This is not a documentary, but high level, it's who society kind of thinks he might be. Now, admittedly, Cage is a bit of an odd character in news headline form. Remember, this is the guy that paid $275,000 for a T-Rex skull and $61,000 for a tomb in New Orleans. But he's also a solid actor, playing roles solidified in the annals of our nostalgia. He's an odd one, you know. On one hand, he's always consistently Nick Cage but he's also been able to surpass genre and be vulnerable and relatable. He's also incredibly endearing and smart as a human. I've really enjoyed going back and watching a lot of interviews with him in preparation for this show. This film was able to bottle all of that up in a film that feels like a 90s buddy comedy that could have been directed by Shane Black in his Lethal Weapon era. This film has great action moments. It's got hilarious comedy beats. It's got homages to obvious films like Con Air, The Rock, and Face Off, with winks and nods to movies like Moonstruck, National Treasure, and Mandy, among others. And it's even got an almost shot-for-shot remake of the pool scene from Leaving Las Vegas. So there's a lot of meat on the bone here for Cage fans. But what makes this film work for me, aside from all of that, is the heart behind it all. The film shows Cage as a flawed hero of sorts and a flawed family man. See what I did there? <laughs> as he's trying to reconcile himself as a workaholic of sorts and regain the trust of his ex-wife, played by Sharon Horgan, and his daughter, played by Lily Moshin. Worth mentioning, Nick Cage does not have a daughter. He's got two sons. So there are a lot of changes along the way. Again, this is not a documentary on Nick Cage. It's just kind of a artistic take on what we think the legend of Cage might be. But outside of all of that, and what really gives this movie its heart to me, is Pedro Pascal, who stole the show as the lovable anchor to this story. The chemistry here between Pascal and Cage is fantastic. And it was so refreshing to see Pedro play a character like Javi in this movie versus characters we see him most commonly play in shows like The Last of Us, Mandalorian, and even Narcos, where he's usually more stoic and downtrodden and full of drama. He was really able to let loose here and just have fun. He's so incredibly lovable and charismatic, and I love seeing him get the opportunity to really lean into a lot of the comedy moments in this film. He did a fantastic job, and I really hope to see him play more comedic roles in the future. The film was shot over eight weeks in Croatia and Hungary, 
during quarantine. Remember that? The film was shot by Nigel Bluck from New Zealand, who got his start shooting all the second unit stuff for the original Lord of the Rings trilogy. Nice place to cut your teeth, I suppose. And for the nerds out there, this movie was shot on the Alexa Mini LF with a set of Panavision tweaked T-anamorphic lenses. Both Nigel Bluck and director Tom Gormican contracted COVID during this shoot, but the shoot proceeded and each of them had to fulfill their roles from isolation in their hotel rooms, looking at wireless monitors, and doing everything from afar, which they stated was a tremendous challenge. Nick plays multiple roles in this film, including a version of his early 90s self, Nicky Cage, which was a lot of fun to watch. And look, usually I use this show to go on and on about all the technical achievements of a movie or behind-the-scenes factoids that I bore you with, but this isn't going to be one of those episodes. In fact, I even debated on whether or not to review this movie, as I wasn't sure if there was enough meat on the bone to even talk about. I was just left so happy after watching it. I love this movie so much, I cannot wait to watch it again, that I felt that it warranted at least a mini-episode to come out and talk about it so more of you can go see it if you haven't already. This film is a love letter to the language of cinema. Cage was quoted as saying that that was one of the things that drew him to play this role, as he was very much apprehensive to take this part. He wasn't really interested in playing a satirized version of himself, but as he started to strip away those layers and get it to the meat of the story, he said he couldn't help but sign on. The draw of this film is obviously the appreciation of Cage and his films, but that's also the motivation of the chemistry between Cage and Javi, played by Pascal. In the film, in many ways, Javi is us. He's a surrogate for the audience, just appreciating and loving Cage's work in various ways. I know this is going to be a shorter episode. I just wanted to come on here and let everybody know this movie is fantastic. It's a lot of fun. It's hilarious. It's a tremendous homage to Cage's library of work. Everyone should go out and see this movie. I hope you love it as much as me. My three adjectives are meta, because of course, it is a meta film in so many ways. It's got so many layers. The novelty of all that never wore off for me. I was just having a lot of fun the whole way through. My second is warm because it's a warm comedy film that I haven't seen in a long time. It was just a fun popcorn movie. Sure, there are a lot of Member Berry's moments where it's like, oh, oh, there's the thing, or he's saying the stuff, or whatever. But on top of all of that, the characterization, the chemistry between Pascal and Cage, all fantastic stuff. This is a warm blanket movie. I loved it. And along those same lines, it's nostalgic, because of course, it's got all the things, and you're going to watch it and have a lot of fun. Go out and see this movie. I'm giving this one an A. I have not seen a movie that made me feel this way in a long time, and I hope you feel the same same way. Well, that's it for me. Catch me on another episode next week of Esoterica Cinema!